We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. Ralph Ellison, best known for The Invisible Man. Let's talk about one of his less celebrated stories, Afternoon Today. Wait a minute, I thought it was evening out. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to the Codex Cantina, where I am Una. And I got the corny dad jokes crypto. If you are new to the Codex Cantina, we take a conversational approach to the stories that we read and discuss. If you're down for checking out some of the most important literature that has influenced even today's writers, hit that subscribe button to join us on the journey. And as always, we start off with publication information. Afternoon was published in 1940 in American Writing, and it's important to note that Afternoon is just one of several stories about Buster and Riley. So this is not their entire story. So we're going to look at this with the blinders on of just this story, and we're going to talk maybe about some innocence, some about how our experience shapes reality, and maybe even a little touch of imitation in this story as well. Let's move through a quick plot summary, and then we will jump into some of our discussion and analysis. Let's do it. So for plot, two young boys, Buster and Riley, are playing near some telephone poles. They fantasize about baseball, take aim at the telephone pole glass coverings, and toss a rock and shatter one of the conductors, and quickly duck and get out of there. They continue about their day, perusing through the weeds, looking for discarded liquor. Riley tells Buster how he was beaten when he was younger by his mother. Quick transition there. <laughs> And they continue to pass by dead cats in the streets, spit on them, etc., etc. Normal boy stuff. Normal little boy stuff. It really is. It's a little slice of boy life. And they soon encounter an apple tree where they grab them. Buster, you know, says he wants to eat the one that Riley caught. All little boy things and maybe even a little bit of subtle tree of knowledge reference there. But they soon talk about their parents some more. And we find out some more information about why they're abusive, about how they're abusive when the, the white folk take it out on them and then their parents take it out on the children the mother gives them flack but she still shields them from grandfather who was a slave and she's trying to break that cycle of violence if it will it ends with the boys playing and whistling and plot it's good to be a little boy i miss my childhood (laughs) you know and this before our time are those glass conductor coverings but did you know what they were talking about in the beginning with those Oh, yeah, I did, actually. Uh, There was this lady, I remember growing up, that collected those, and she Mm -hmm. had all of them from different time periods, and they aged over time and turned different colors, and she had them, like, in her kitchen, and they were so cool, because some were blue and some were yellow, and I knew exactly what they were talking about. I was like, oh, I remember those things in Ursula's. I remember them. She collected those. And you can buy them as paperweights and put them on display. Like you said, they are pretty. But it's kind of interesting the way the story opens up, because... You know, I don't want to go into too much detail about each one of these little events, but, you know, for me, right? So, so again, not an Ellison scholar here. We're, we're, we're investigating a story. We haven't read the other ones on these two boys. I got a lot of feel of, okay, innocence, boyhood. This is how these boys choose to 
mess around, get in trouble, have fun, live life. Like that was a lot of the feelings that I got when reading this opening little bit. Yeah, it just felt like very basic life of what's going on. And until you kind of get punched in the face with the, oh yeah, I get my butt beat all the time by my mom. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like that, <laughs> it, it just it feels yeah. very like, okay, this is nice two plates getting smack. You just, you feel like, <laughs> you know, Buster must have. Right, um, right. We have some subtle little clues. Like, you know, the white folks live here. Nah, colored. White folks moved out when we moved in the block, Buster said. And this is a true thing about white flight. You can read about it in terms of studies today that when areas become more black, the the white people will move out from it. And it brings in, I feel like, maybe some of that discussion of how does the past or how does what we see and learn about real life shape our reality? How much, how does it shape our actions in a sense, right? So they're talking about this white flight, this idea that they're inheriting the old white homes in a sense. And then that's quickly kind of parallel with the grandfather, right? Who they mentioned did live under slavery and did practice taking out violence on the kids. The mother does too. And the mother's trying to, to stop that violence, but it all comes that, that hand me down thing of the white people are kind of creating this reality, creating this environment, and how that that flows out the negativity, which is in this story a discussion on violence and abuse. Yeah, we've talked about this before, where it moves from the white to the black father to the mother, and then now to we see the children for the first time that are experiencing this hand me down violence. Well, and I wonder too, did Ellison mean for us to assume that these boys are taking in these bits of their reality like this. And, you know, in this 1940 time and era, baseball predominantly white, right? Imitating the white baseball players as opposed to, you know, black baseball players, right? These are things that the boys are seeing and imitating and having fun with. And what is it, you know, how does it impact these children? I felt like was the main question maybe Ellison might have wanted us to kind of ask ourselves. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I just felt like there wasn't enough there, and maybe I was looking too much into it. It was just boys playing and being boys, because I can see myself doing that as a little kid of going around and getting birds and, you know, burning ants and just doing stupid stuff as a little kid, you know? And little boys are violent sometimes. I don't know. It was it was well, tough. It's, it's part... I, I wouldn't say it's violence, but they're aggressive, Right. Sometimes yes. it's that that dominance and in, in that it's a skill too to wrestle with people and stuff like I you have those urges as a young boy. And I wonder how much of this, you know, they see, you know, the parents being aggressive and violent, right? Because of they talk about the pass down from slavery and such. Do these boys have a good role model might be a good question I could ask, right? Because they're kind of going about their day at 1940, very different from today, right? In terms of allowing where boys could go run about and such. But they they kind of see how hard their parents work, but they do also see violence. But they can still almost kind of escape that and still, to our point of innocence, still have a, I don't know if I want to say fulfilled, but they could still have a full or happy life in a sense, while still trying to escape some of the intergenerational trauma, perhaps, is one way to look at it. And maybe maybe parents are, are a role in guiding that. Maybe the mom isn't there yet, right? When she takes out some of the aggression, you know, when, when the white people give her flack. But she still tries to stop, you know, the grandpa. She still tries to make a difference. And maybe that's not the perfect role model, but it still is enough to allow these boys to go and have some of this freedom and happiness that 
maybe the mother didn't have growing up under her grandfather's thumb. I don't know. When I thought about this, I thought about my own childhood again, and I remember those friends that never wanted to be home, and I always thought that was odd, and why sometimes they always wanted to come to my house, and for the longest time, I thought that it was food. My family, you know, worked in a restaurant, and we always had tons of food. We always had Pop-Tarts and Zingers and Yoo-Hoo's and all the delicious food that, you know, everything a, a young boy could want and eat on a Saturday afternoon while watching cartoons, and I finally realized as we got older that they didn't want to be around their parents because they were always fighting or they were violent or there was domestic violence in their, their households and they felt safe at my house. And I think that's maybe why the that I, I think that Ellison sets this story up where he does is maybe the kids don't want to be home because they don't want to be a part of that violence. They don't want to, you know, become immersed in that type of, you know, situation. And Ellison's trying to say, if we want the future generations to be better, we can't lead by this violent example. Mm, you know, and it does end with the boys walking off and whistling, right? So what is it that they're drawn to? And I think there's a piece of that in the story. Yeah, that peace and peace of mind that I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to walk towards a safer place for the future. Well, interesting story. I, I don't know if this is the best place to start Ellison. I think most people start with Invisible Man in, in, his, uh, in his essays that he writes. But uh, this is where we are, right? So in a bubble yeah. of this by itself where I feel like we need to learn more about Ellison. And I do have the Invisible Man novel of his scheduled uh, for, for a little bit down the road. We're going to be checking that one out. So make sure you check out the playlist down below. Uh, depending on when you're watching this video, we'll be looking at that. But let's move into kind of like our just our subjective rating of this one. How did this one uh, come across to you, Crypto? Yes, I again, I struggled with the point and I was kind of feel like I was grasping at straws and throwing rocks and missing the whole time to get the point of this story a little bit. Uh, there's some there's some in there. And I think the problem is, is that I feel like I'm missing part of the story because we've only read uh, a third, a fourth of Buster and Riley. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't want to give a number. I did not enjoy their journey up to this point in time. I need to go on the rest of this adventure with the boys, and then I would like to give a more subjective rating at that point in time. So uh, a rough start here for them, though. Okay, yeah, no, I agree with that. That is something that is hard to judge when you feel like you only have a piece of the puzzle here. And this isn't the only writer to do that, right? We've seen that with J.D. Salinger and other authors that take this sub-universe or characters and re-explore various vignettes in their life. This probably isn't a vignette to start with, but it was chosen for us out of this book of, of collected short stories, which is why we started here. So I don't know. We're going to dive more into it, and I'll probably withhold judgment on that until we see more of it. And perhaps that will shed light on things in the story that we weren't able to pick up on just with our blinders on. So with that said, if you're looking to check out Invisible Man or other stories from us as we post videos every Monday and Thursday, guys, hit that subscribe button to join us. We post videos. Did I say Monday and th Thursday? I don't know. We post videos. Una out. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>